0: stunt driver you just got your license back we almost died we almost died twice i was totally out of control oh hey we're glad that you're with us here today Pastor uh man fail. what's that Master fail Pastor Phil, no. one of many. Just get used to that. So here's the deal, you guys. We are excited about today. This has been a great conversation so far. Uh, we are closing out a series called Out of Control, talking about boundaries in our lives. And this whole, this whole conversation, this whole series was really birthed out of um, just over the past uh, year, really. I've given away a lot of different books to people. I meet with a lot of different people throughout the week. Uh, but the book I give away the most is this book called Boundaries. And if you haven't had a chance yet to read it or to get a hold of that, I want to encourage you to do that. Just tons of great content in there. Uh, but today we're doing something a little different, and we're going to do this throughout uh, 2019. At the end of a series, we're going to do basically a, a Q&A session with you, uh, which I love. This is so fun because every week, you know, we get up and we might teach and kind of share with you. Um, but it's sort of a one-way conversation. And so this is a chance for you to join the conversation. And so what I'd love for you to do right now is pull out your phone, And Throughout the service, I'd love for you to text in questions, and if you're online with us, we'd love for you to do the same thing. Text in questions to the number on the screen, and uh, we're going to be kind of filtering those and then sending the best of those to the front. We're going to try to get to as many of those as possible. We will not get to every question, Um, but listen, it's been so good over the the last three services, hearing your questions, having conversations that are just honest from the front about our, our struggles in this area. And one caveat about this, too, we're calling it Q&A, uh, but we should really call it Q&D, because it's more like question and discussion, not question and answer. Right. Uh, we are not the great Oz, right? We're not up here claiming to have every answer. But what we have found is that as we approach the the deal, the things we struggle with in our lives from a biblical perspective, with a, with a Christ-like framework, that it actually contributes to more peace in our lives, and to actually a better life, not necessarily an easier life, but a better life, in the end. And so I've got Pastor Josh up here. Give Pastor Josh a hand. Yeah, Josh. So Josh and I are going to have this conversation together, and uh, we want to get right into your questions. This time is going to go really quick. And so at any point, text us your questions and your your ideas. And so the first thing we want to talk about is this idea of God respecting our boundaries. And so last week, I read this quote from the book. It said, God respects our no. He tries neither to control nor nag us. He allows us to say no and go our way. And so we received this really good question. This person says this, If God respects our no, what about Jonah? God didn't really take that no too well. So, um, really good question, right? Like, okay. So, really important story. If you haven't read uh, the story of Jonah, here's a man called by God uh, to do ministry in Nineveh uh, to these people that he hates. And uh, it's just a, it's this crazy story. He runs from God. He ends up on a boat, thrown off the boat, swallowed by a fish, does ministry to uh, the people of Nineveh. People get saved, and he ends up really bummed out about it. So that's really kind of the grand story there, is God's mercy on Jonah, continuing to call him, and even, to some degree, force him into a position to be used by God, and yet his heart still remains, in many ways, un- unrepentant. Like, he doesn't want to do this. And, and we're pretty hard on Jonah, um, but I don't know if you know this, but he's called to Nineveh, which is actually modern-day Mosul, Iraq. And um, if you know anything about that area, not exactly the safest place to go and share the gospel. So um, many of us might be in the same situation with the same response, like, all right, God, anybody but maybe those people or these people. Um, you, you can send me anywhere, but not there. And so um, a few things that we hold in tension, and I want you to just focus on the word Tension. The first is that we believe God is all-powerful, yeah. and that God is all-knowing in all things at all times. Uh, we believe that He also has things that He wants to see on earth. In First Timothy 2.4, it says that God wishes that all men would be saved. But here's what we know. Not all men or women will, right? We know that we are given a choice and an opportunity to, to follow God or reject God. And, and, and in fact, we read this in John 3.19, that some people love the darkness rather than the light And maybe that's you today. You're like, man, I just have resisted the call of God on my life up until this point. And so that is, that's a decision that you get to make. In that sense, God respects your no. But in every other way, God, out of his deep love and compassion for us, is going to do things in our lives that we won't always love to try to put us in a position to receive him. And, And here's what I'll tell you is that sometimes love demands that we cross people's boundaries. And so in a series about boundaries, where we're like we're trying to learn how to respect boundaries and, and set boundaries, at the same time, we might put boundaries in the wrong spot. Like, my boundary is, maybe I don't want to follow God. I don't want anything to do with the, what he said. And so he's going to lean in, and out of his love for us, he's going he's to kind of put us in a position where we might best hear from him, which is what he did for Jonah. Uh, it'd be sort of like if you had a friend with an addiction of some kind, and um, you know, maybe they need rehab. And you invite them to, to go with you to, to rehab, to get checked and get some help. And they're like, no, my boundary is I want nothing to do with getting better. Now, if you love them, what you might do is drag them kicking and screaming to rehab, right? You're like, man, I got to get you some help. I love you enough to try to see you get better. But in the end, it's up to them. In the end, you cannot force them to get better, force them to want something better for themselves. That is going to be their decision. So in the same way, God respects our no, but is also holding on to um, his his being all-powerful in all things. So, yeah, any thoughts on that, Josh?
1: Well, yeah, this, this, we get these questions coming in, like, oh, you know, what, what about Romans 9 and Ephesians 1, you know, God respecting boundaries and all those types of things. And there, there is tension in that, and there's mystery in that. And, and I, I love the, the, there's a quote by Spurgeon that he made, and he says that, that the sovereignty of God and the responsibility of man, they're, they're two linear lines, and they don't cross, um, but they, they come together at the throne of God. And so that there's this understanding that, yeah, we have responsibility for our lives, and yet God is also completely sovereign, and, and His will is going to be done, um, and, and yet, like, we're still responsible. And so, like, Jonah still had the responsibility to, to preach when he was at Nineveh, like, even right. though God brought him there. And so th- there is a tension there, there's a mystery there um, that we don't necessarily comprehend completely. And that's, that's okay to live with tension in our, in our faith and in our lives right. in those areas.
0: Another question came in about dealing with new boundaries. This person says this, when dealing with making new boundaries and reinforcing your boundaries, how do we deal with the pushback and reactions from others in our lives? And so some of you have experienced this where you've began on this journey of setting boundaries and people are already ticked off right? You've already made your, your husband mad, your wife mad, your kids mad. The kids are like, I want you all the time, mom. And you're like, boundaries. We're drawing some lines. And let me assure you of something. If you begin to set boundaries, you will make people angry. You just will. And so you have to be aware of that and understand that. And I actually, I want to I just list you six things from the book Boundaries that he says to do in this situation. And so I want to encourage you, grab a pen. If, if, if you want to write these down or open, open up a, a note on your Uh, phone, and just jot these down real quick, because if you're actually going to take this seriously, you're going to need this information. And so the first one is this, um, let them be the one with the problem. Whenever someone's angry at you for the boundaries that you've set, just be okay with the fact that it's their problem. Um, If you've done a good job of setting that boundary, if you've sought wise counsel from people who love you and love Jesus, and you've set a boundary in a good spot, and somebody's still angry, it's okay. They're going to have A problem. The second thing is this, you need to view anger realistically. And I think a lot of us don't have a realistic view of anger. Anger freaks us out. If you have any codependent tendencies, you hate it when people are angry with you. So you do whatever you can to try to ease that, try to make people happy. But the book says this, you must view anger realistically. Anger is only a feeling inside the other person. And you need to hear this part, I love this. It cannot jump across the room and hurt you. It can't hurt you. It cannot get inside you unless you allow it to. Staying separate from another person's anger is vitally important. Let the anger be in the other person. Some of you need to hear that, that the anger cannot hurt you. Like it's okay if people, I'm a pastor, so here's what I know. Any given week, people are mad at me any given week there's somebody going i don't like what he said i don't like how he dresses i don't like the eyebrow ring somebody here doesn't like something about me um, and and that's okay that's just the reality of life you're never going to make everyone happy and that's that that's true everywhere we go and so just kind of make peace with that cuz you just if you make peace with that you'll begin to be able to set boundaries even when people are angry with you uh, number 3 is this don't let anger cause you to do something if someone else is angry with you, don't let that necessarily be a sign that you need to change your boundary. That, may, may, that actually may be a sign that you need to kind of sink your teeth into this thing a little deeper and, and, and stay firm in where you're sitting. And number four, this is so key, have a support system ready. Yeah. Uh, don't just launch into this after church. I'm gonna just going to have boundaries with everybody in my life without friends and family who love you, who are going to help hold you accountable, help uh, check in on you. And who are going to let you know, hey, you're slipping on this one, right? You need this in your life and you're slipping on it because you're giving in to the pressure that other people are putting on you. So have a support system. Number five, don't be angry at their anger. Don't let your heart be filled with anger because they're angry. Again, that becomes another boundary issue. Don't let them drive anger into your heart. And the last that I think is so key is this. Be ready to create some distance if necessary. Yeah. Um, this isn't a common conversation in the church. I, I think because we have misunderstood what it means to love people. Yeah. I think that we be- believe as Christians, in many ways, that to love someone is to not set boundaries. And I want to tell you this that you simply cannot love people without clear boundaries. You can't do it. You just like, so I'm a parent. And I have three kids, and when I don't set boundaries with my kids, let me just tell you, I don't love being a parent, right? I I hate being a parent when my kids are, are just walking all over my boundaries. I haven't made it clear. I'm just upset. And so when I set firm boundaries with my kids, it actually helps me to love them more, right? You parents have experienced this before, I'm sure. And so having boundaries, setting boundaries helps us to love people well. It's not just about cutting people out of your life. It's not about keeping people from you. It's actually about them owning their yard, you owning yours, and you knowing when and how to lean in and show
1: Christ to those people. So, Yeah, that can be some of the lo- most loving things we do. Um, like when he talks about separation, it's not like, hey, well, have a good life, see you later. It's right. this idea in, in a loving way, like, We need to be separated for a moment uh, so I can be healthy, so you can work on getting healthy, but really so I can be healthy, so maybe I can step back into this situation to help you walk through it. Also, I think it's so important that we understand, like, people being angry at us, like Jesus says in John 15, like, look, the world's going to hate you, Mm -hmm. And, and we need to learn how to deal with that. That is an area that so many Christians, and just people in general, I would say, we don't like it when people don't like us but that we understand yeah if we're acting a, as as true believers like there's going to be people that hate us for that and that's okay and to allow them to have that anger or hate in their heart like they have to deal with that and they have to work on that and that doesn't have to affect me but it does affect me when i allow that to come into my heart like oh you hate yeah. me fine i'll hate you back now we have a problem but as 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 like man the, You know, First John teaches, and like so much of the uh, the Scripture talks to us about man maintaining that we love one another, that we love those who don't know Jesus, that we love those who do know Jesus, which can be harder sometimes. Um, That you know, that we don't allow that hate or anger into our heart is a key piece of like holding these healthy boundaries.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. One of the questions that's come in this morning. um, So many good questions, by the way. Um, This person says. it says, should I attend a gay wedding, even though I don't approve of gay marriage? But I love my gay friend. So there is a cultural hot topic for you, right? You guys are like digging your Everybody toes just in at church. I in know, their right? Seats a little bit. That's a great question, right? That's something. That's a really common pastoral question that we get a lot. Is how do we how do we deal and navigate with certain things in our culture, uh, whether we agree with um, their decisions or whatnot? What does it look like to love people like Christ loved people, right? Um, So, there's a lot to this topic, Um, and in fact, just a a bit of an advertisement for next week, we're launching into a series called Polarized. And so, after this Boundaries series, we're going to talk about now what does it look like now that we've set some boundaries in a culture that's constantly polarized against itself to be Christ in those situations. Can we disagree and love each other? Can we disagree and be unified even in the church and I think the answer is yes. And so um, even with this conversation, it's a really important one. I'm just going to give you, can I just give you like, this is Brian talking um, from my perspective. I can't answer for everyone in all situations, but um, in, in, this, in this particular question for me personally, in general, I would say, yes, I would go. I would go to the wedding. Um, I feel like we can actually love people and disagree with them at the same time. And just like God loves us, but doesn't approve of all that we do, we can love other people and not approve of everything that they do. And so, um, does, does showing up mean approval? I don't necessarily believe that that's the case, um, but there may be circumstances where, where it does for you, but I would say as a general rule that, that I wouldn't have a problem going to, uh, going so you, to a you can
1: love people and, and be upset or disagree with them. Like, it's called parenting. Um, <laughs> you know, if, if we're going to just, like, cut out people that we disagree with. yeah, um, I, yeah I, For me personally, I would say it, it, it is a case-by-case scenario and situation um, in this. It, it, you know, there, there, I, we know, I know because I've had conversations. There's parents in here whose children would consider themselves, you know, in the LGBTQ plus community. And so, like, well, do you just sever that parenting relationship? I don't believe so. Um, a good resource for you, um, I would say, is that there's a website... Called uh, the um, wasn't I just center center, center yes faith. the center for yeah. faith, gender and sexuality. It's by uh, Press and Sprinkle is uh, kind of the founder of this. They have gr- it's a great great website for this kind of, uh, these topics. Yeah, um, so and so they have what they call even like pastor papers. And uh, it's to give pastors answers that we have no idea about, you know, type of thing, because these, these, this is new. A lot of this is new, and we're trying to wade these waters. Uh, but like one of the pastor's papers is, should I attend uh, my friend's gay wedding? Should I attend my child's gay wedding? You know, these types of things. And so um, do research, I would say. Um, it is not as cut and dry, black and white. Every situation fits in the exact same mold situation. Um, but at the end of the day, it is, it, is, it is about loving the lost, loving the broken, loving uh, those who are hurting. And, and whether that's in the LGBTQ+, or whether that is someone who, in our church who's struggling with pornography, or alcoholism, or whatever, broken marriages, all of these things, um, at the end of the day, fall into that.
0: Th- this person asks, this is a good question, how do you set boundaries um, after criticism? And after losing all confidence in oneself because of the criticism. So uh, that's, a, that's a really good question. Um, you will be criticized when you begin to set boundaries. And, and again, so, sometimes, here's the deal. I want to keep coming back to this. Read the book. Um, we have not touched on every aspect of yeah. this. And my fear is that if you haven't read the book, you're walking away here going, okay, ACF Church just spent the last five weeks talking about, you know, how to just be separate from people and how to isolate themselves. That's what, not what boundaries are about. They're actually about leveraging you as a person in all that God has created you to be so that you might be most effective for the kingdom of God today. They're actually about utilizing you with a limited resource. You have limited time. You have limited energy. You only have so much that you can give. It's about focusing all of that energy on the right things in your life. And so uh, make sure you read that. But I would just tell you, like, if you're um, losing confidence in yourself— then then maybe that's a great chance to get some outside input, to get some, some counsel from someone who does love you and know you well. Um, find somebody who will not give you the answer that you're looking for. Um, that's always a great way to get uh, real feedback, is find people that are open to disagreeing with you. And uh, don't just look for the person, because we're all good at this, uh, who will tell us what we want to hear. And so seek that counsel out. But be willing to jump back into this, because again, Um, just breaking all your boundaries saying it just doesn't work it's a waste of time Um, that's just a lie that's just a lie this is hard work this is really really hard work this doesn't happen overnight this may be years of you learning through small little things throughout your life to set some boundaries and you might not see the payoff in this for the next two or three years but but as you do it will change your life I I guarantee that
1: questions are flooding in there's Man, there's some heavy questions in here. There's some great questions. Um, I'm going to read this one. This one came in earlier, but it like kind of. There's been like five or six of them that are all on the same line. let um, uh, sure I'm on the right. Yeah, I have some friends who are Christians who come to church, but they are living together with their boyfriend slash girlfriend. Uh, is it our job as Christians to hold each other accountable? Which is the first part of the questions, and then how do I approach this conversation? Great question. There's a lot of these when it comes to boundaries. Like, hey, how do I have conversations about these boundaries? People are like. Um, crossing my boundaries, or I feel like I need to cross boundaries um, in in a loving way, and so uh, great question, uh, talking to this one specifically, the first thing I would say to is this, is like, establish what is going on, establish like all of the facts, if you're going to approach somebody, in other words, they're living together, ergo they are sinning, that's not necessarily true, Um, living together is not in itself sinful by itself. Um, now it can lead to acts of sin. It can be a very slippery slope and a very dangerous path to go on for sure. But do you know all the facts of the situation? Um, now let's just say that you do that. They're, they're talking about sleeping together or whatnot or, or other things too. Like that's the, the other part of this is it just doesn't have to be sleeping together outside of marriage, but, um, that this is what they're specifically asking about is it our job as Christians to hold each other accountable. Yeah, it is. Um, New Testament's very clear on this, but I think we misunderstand or we've we've heard bits and pieces on how we're supposed to confront each other and not really studied it, and I think we do it um, not in the most loving way so often. And so I want to <laughs> uh, understatement of the year. And so I want to I talk about that for a moment. The first thing is this. You know, uh, Jesus talks about check the plank in your eye, right? Maybe you've heard that. Maybe yeah. you haven't. But he, he talks about, like, look, if you're going to go and talk to somebody about something, make sure you don't have this, like, gouging plank in your eye that, that you need to address first, right? Like, hey, I'm going to talk to my friends about living together. I'm sleeping with my girlfriend, too, but they're living together. So, like, this is way worse. Right. Um, let's deal with the, our sin first. Uh, and it, not that we're going to come and be perfect, um, and dealing with our sin does not make us better than them, um, but that we're going to approach, what it does is a, it reminds us that we're sinful too, um, and that we can deal with that first, and it, and it allows us to approach in humility um, and not in arrogance um, when we go and talk to somebody. Uh, so that was the, that's the first thing, is like, man, make sure like, my heart is right. Um, the second, uh, next thing is this, and someone even texted this verse in, so awesome. Uh, Galatians six one. Galatians 6, one says this, Brothers, if someone is caught in any wrongdoing, you who are spiritual should restore such a person with a gentle spirit, watching out for yourself so you will not also be tempted, carrying one another's burdens. In this, you will fulfill the law of Christ. So, hey, yes, we are to approach each other, but with a gentle spirit, in humility that we approach each other. And when we do that, that we help carry each other's burdens. It's like, man, you're... You're, you're, why are you guys living together? Well, like, we can't afford apartments. All right, let's 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 sit down. Let's look. Like, can we find you a roommate? Can we do something? We can actually walk the journey with somebody and, and help carry their burden. And this idea of, of restoration, I love this. Um, in, in the Greek, what it, the terminology is, is what they're talking about is a joint that's out of place. That when a joint is out of place, um, it, it does damage. When a joint is out of place, it doesn't function the way it was designed to function. And when we can help somebody... restored or put that joint back into place, then healing can happen and and that joint can then do what it was intended to do. And oftentimes our sin prevents us from doing the things that God is calling us to do or or that he's leading us to do. And then when we can be restored in that, then we can function the way God um, created us to function. But we do that with each other. It's not just all on me, like if you're seeing sin in my life, yeah, to approach me, to help me become restored, absolutely is a biblical perspective of that, and then, uh, oh, I just saw, I love, you know, I always like to go to what Jesus actually said on this, um, Luke 17, be on guard, if your brother sins, rebuke him, and if he repents, forgive him, and if he sins against you seven times in a day, and comes back to you seven times saying, I repent, you must forgive him. So there's this idea, too, that we are forgiving each other of our sins and not holding that over each other's head and not using that as a bargaining chip going, hey, remember when you were doing this? Yeah, yeah, you, you, you need to knock it off. Like this, this idea that we'd hold our sins over each other's head. And this idea of rebuke, too, uh, is interesting. We, I, I should say, at least I, I, I hear rebuke and I think, yeah, that, that's the green light to just come down and hammer people. Uh, but the Greek on that word rebuke is, is actually to honor the, the, the word rebuke means to honor, and then the next definition means to dole out accordingly. So that in rebuking people, we're honoring them because we see them as valuable. That I'm not just going to ignore the topic. I'm not just going to avoid it, but I'm actually going to approach it because I love you and I'm going to honor you. And then I'm going to dole out accordingly. And doling out accordingly might mean a very you know, poignant conversation. It might be very difficult calling people sin out. It, it can be difficult, and sometimes we need to dole that out, but accordingly— right, and and understanding that I'm doing it in humility, and and at the end of the day, it's to honor them, to bring them back into right relationship with Christ.
0: So good, so good. Um, A couple things just on that real quick. Um, It says a friend who's a Christian who comes to church. First off, um, not everybody who comes to church is a Christian. Um, That may, for some of you, go without saying, but for others of you, there can be this assumption that when you come to church, that you're sitting next to somebody who is actually a follower of Jesus. Um, Don't assume that. Okay? Don't ever assume that, especially as a church, that um, it's our mission to reach, especially the dechurched in our community. We have a lot of people here who are like, man, I've, I, I, I want nothing to do with the faith, but I'm, I'm just kind of following back into this a little bit, trying to explore it a little bit. Um, don't assume that. Also, when it comes to this idea of cohabitation, um, don't assume that everybody agrees with you. Yeah. And uh, this, what I, here's what I know, is that currently today over 50% of relationships will end or, or walk into cohabitation before marriage. So um, that's probably even true in this room. I would guess that 50% of you who um, either were dating at some point or are currently dating um, at some point were in a, in a cohabitation kind of situation with the person that you are with. And, and 50 years ago, this wasn't the case. Like, this wasn't as accepted at all. It's become sort of the norm and the, the, again, the biblical framework here that we see in Genesis two is this idea that that the man will leave his father and, and mother and cling and cleave to his wife, and, and the two will become one flesh. And we have this this understanding that there's the covenant of marriage, and then the consummation of marriage. And the order is very important, right? The order is really important that there's the covenant first, and the, com, the the consummation second. And what our what our culture has done is we flip flop those things. We're like, hey, let's consummate this relationship. Let's test drive the car, and if we like it, then let's do the covenant thing. Um, ladies, don't let him do that to you, okay? Can I just say that? Like, like that's, you deserve the covenant. You deserve the, the uh, commitment of marriage for that. Uh, the same way with men, the same way. Don't, don't let her uh, pressure you into that, okay? Because we need that commitment to thrive in a relationship, And so I will tell you today, um, marriages are not any better than they were 50 years ago. I would say they're worse. The divorce rate is through the roof. And so um, we are a sexually broken culture. I don't know if you can admit that, but I'll tell you this. We've been taking questions for four services now, and and over 50% of them are questions about sexual brokenness. So if you're here and you're like, why does ACF talk about this so often? Uh, It's because it's what you want to talk about. So um, it's just what's going on. (laughs) It's just what's happening around us, and man, I don't want to waste my time just doing church for church's sake. I want to talk about what's actually happening in our lives and affecting us, and so this is a a massive issue, and so start with that, but like Josh said, love them like crazy. Uh, Make sure you love them. Ask yourself, do I love them before you speak with them um, about it?
1: You know, and man, there' so many questions coming in, brokenness in marriages. Um, How do I, you know, heal from this? How do I... Approach these questions with my spouse who's not a believer. How do I, you know, talk about this with my spouse who's hurt me? These types of things. Um, yeah, it, this, is, this is real stuff, you guys. This is your lives. This is our lives. This is us. Um, and so we, we get the, the weight of that. And, and one thing I would say to that is what I just talked about, this applies to our marriages as well, right? Like approaching each other with humility, approaching each other with love that we're going to forgive you know, if they, if they ask for forgiveness, that we continue to forgive. And that is how you get on the road to recovery. And brokenness can be healed. It's literally why Jesus came, right? That he came to restore. Well, something has to be broken if, it ha- if it's going to be restored, right? He didn't come to fix what was never broken. And so understanding that, like, through Christ, there can be absolute, there can be healing in your marriage, There can be healing in your broken relationship. And I would even say, I would go, you know, even if you're already divorced, that there can be healing in that relationship that you have had. And maybe it doesn't necessarily lead back to marriage, but it leads to no more like venom and bitterness and anger in your soul anymore, um, eating you up. And so, but that we approach. The relationships I mean, relationships are complicated they're messy and it doesn't really matter like if it's friendship if it's parenting if it's marriage if it's whatever they are complicated because we are all broken and that's where we really need to start from is like you're not better than and someone else is not better than you but that we we have this kind of level playing ground of that we're all messed up we all need christ and when we can treat each other as such That is how you start the process. And I know, like, there's so many individually specific questions when it comes to marriages and things like that. And we can't sit here and answer all of them together. But as a blanket statement, we can say that, man, if we approach each other with humility, we approach each other with forgiveness in our hearts through the Holy Spirit, um, that we're praying for our spouse daily, constantly praying that our attitude towards our spouse would change but there can Man, I have seen some incredibly, incredibly, incredibly very broken marriages completely restored. Um, and it's through the power of Jesus at the end of the yep. day. And that's what we need to understand.
0: Well, and, and here's the thing, too. When you're setting boundaries, just what comes to mind as Josh is speaking, is that, um, and, and we don't like this in our individualistic culture, but our sin actually affects other people. <laughs> and as you set boundaries, do you know, do you know that as we as a church— walk in this in the next six months, that we will be a healthier, more effective community yeah. for the kingdom of God. Like, like, I get excited about this, that if we take a step forward together in this, like if we actually take this seriously, that we will do things and be part of things that we never thought we could be part of. Um, and at, at the same point, the opposite of that is true. If, if we walk out of this room and we're like, yeah, I don't need to do that, just know that you are not hurting yourself only, but also the body of Christ. And we, we don't like this. We don't like this at all because all we, what we say as a culture is if you're not hurting anybody else, you can do whatever you want, right? Yeah. Do whatever you want in your house. Do whatever you want in your own bedroom. If you're not hurting anybody else, do, be, do, do whatever you want. And, and I just want you to know that this is not the way of Jesus. No. Jesus says the exact opposite. Um, We are actually connected as a body, like ligaments and joints together. And so when part of the body hurts, the whole body hurts. And so that's why this matters, not just for you, but for us. And we want to do whatever we can as a family to encourage you and to help you get healthy for your sake and for the sake of the church as well. And so just know that as a Christian, it it goes beyond you. Um, One of the questions that, that came up is this. How do you draw the line between being a good servant and not taking on more than you can bear physically or financially that's a really good question um, this this person's wrestling with like I, I, I don't want to cut off all boundaries but I also want to have some boundaries right like I want to be careful about that and and two things as we come back to the life of Jesus that we see very um, very beautifully portrayed in his life uh, two things are self-care and self-sacrifice like, Jesus did both perfectly like do you know Jesus cared for himself well like he did. He cared for, for his body. He cared for his mind. We see Jesus retreating often to pray and be alone with the Father. Um, we have this moment where Jesus is in the bottom of a boat sleeping when everybody else is freaking out about a storm. So Jesus likes to take a nap once in a while. Um, let the parents say amen once in a while. That's the healthiest thing you can do. Just take a nap. Um, Jesus was constantly eating and drinking with friends and in relationships. I, I Although Jesus sacrificed a lot, I think Jesus really enjoyed his life. I think he did this whole human thing perfectly. But we also see in Jesus' life is self-sacrifice, constantly giving himself up, living functionally homeless in his time on earth, and, and spending the best, really the best years of his life preparing for ministry, and then ultimately dying a brutal death on a cross. And so um, I just want to just real quick give you this. Don't use what the culture would say is reasonable as your standard of obedience. Yeah. Okay, so because the people around you, especially people who don't believe in God in any way, um, would probably see what it it looks like to live a a, a Christian life um, as being pretty unreasonable, you know? Like, when we think about it, the idea of just being here on a Sunday morning, well, there's a lot of other stuff you could do. That seems unreasonable, you know? Um, giving of our finances, this idea that we would give 10% of all that God brings into our hands back to the, to the mission of the church. I mean, that is completely unreasonable um, by our culture standards. And yes, yet, we see that as, as a way that God both leverages and disciplines our hearts for the kingdom of God. And so all of this, you know, like, you showed up here to shake hands and to brew coffee and to serve. Like, to many people, it's like, why would you ever do that? It seems unreasonable, and yet it is so right. In fact, if people who aren't Jesus followers begin to think that your life is unreasonable, you might be obedient to Jesus. And if nobody thinks your life is unreasonable, that's something worth questioning, right? If you're like, I think I'm just parring the course with most people around me. um, The Christian life is really weird. It really is. Um, really, following Jesus is really strange, Jesus lives this self-sacrificial life that's so different. And yet, at the same time, he cares for himself well. He he knows the limitations, and so be prayerful about that. Be honest about that. But be willing to do things that are really strange and out of the box, um, if you actually want to see God work in that part of your life. So
1: yeah, and, and yeah. On, on this too, like we need to understand, like what? Why are we setting boundaries? Like there's a confusion in this. I think. Uh, from the questions and conversations and we get this idea like we set boundaries so we can be comfortable right that is not why we set boundaries that is that is the very opposite of why we're setting boundaries we're setting boundaries so we can be uncomfortable right but our culture says "Look, live this life and be as comfortable as you can no see the point of boundaries is so we can be healthy and when we become healthy, then we can step into uncomfortable situations, we can live lives that don't seem normal, we can live lives that seem unreasonable, but we can do it from a place of health, we can do it from a place of empowerment through the Holy Spirit. Um, but when God calls us into things, if we're not healthy people, man, we're, we're not nearly as effective as, as, as we can be. Um, and so the idea of these boundaries is they're not, they're not gates, they're not walls, but they're 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 not walls, but they're gates, they're doors, they're opportunities for us to open up to be able to get health so that we can step into difficult situations. Because, like Jonah, perhaps God would call you to Mosul, Iraq, right? That seems a little unreasonable and unwise, and yet that could be a calling. Like, in Scripture, God was very little concerned with people's safety. He's like, don't worry, I'll take care of you. I'll keep you safe. You know, and if it is unto death, then... Don't fear the one who can kill you. Fear the one who can destroy your soul, right? right? right. Like, he, he's not concerned with our safety because he is our protection and our strength. And so he is calling us to a place of obedience. But to be obedient, we got to be healthy first. And so that is yeah. the point of boundaries. It is not just to get everyone out that I don't like. You annoy me, boundary, right? right. Do you bother me? Boundary, right? Hey, yeah. life's pretty good. I like this boundary thing. Right. It's not to step away from people, but to step into people's lives. Or
0: we just label them as, like, toxic people, yeah. right? We love to label people who disagree with us as toxic people, right? They're just a to- Maybe, maybe they're, they just disagree with you, um, and, and maybe that's okay. Um, somebody's done it. That's why we're laughing. Yeah, we've all done this before. It's like, you must be an unhealthy person. Maybe they just see things differently than you. Um, so we need to know the difference between just labeling people, of a, you're a toxic person, or somebody that we actually do need to draw some distance with. And I love this verse, Hebrews 12.4 says, In your in your struggle against sin, you have not yet resisted to the point of shedding your blood. Think about that. That's the Bible's way of saying, yeah, bro, but have you died?
1: Did like, you die? Did you die?
0: <laughs> like, like, really, was it that bad? And it's like, well, no, but um, I want to get to that. You know, we're running out of time. Uh, this was a question that came in specifically speaking to the issue of porn. What advice do you have for a spouse who wants to overcome the feelings of hurt and betrayal and respond from a place of love and support for their spouse who is struggling? Huge question. Um, this is an issue that goes deep. And um, a few things, I think, that you need to remember. First, um, you need to start within yourself in dealing with this. Before you ever address something with somebody else or deal with the hurt that is, that is real and valid in your own heart, um, you know, the first thing you have to deal with is your identity as, as a Christ follower, if you're a, if you're a believer in Jesus, to know where you get that from. Um, otherwise, you're going to get all screwed up, right? Um, you need to know that, like, it's not about you. I mean, some, somebody here needs to hear, like, it's not your body. It's not your fault, right? Somebody is just rebelling against God in that, in that way, and they're struggling, maybe. Maybe they're not struggling. Some people, Some people feel like this is okay, and other people even um, promote this. I know people who promote this in their relationships who would say, do not promote this in your relationship. This is not a healthy thing. Uh, This does not make your love life better. Let me just assure you of that. If it feels like it is, then you're just masking a deeper problem um, through that. But uh, know who you are, and then understand this, that bitterness only builds resentment. It doesn't create a solution. Don't let your heart become bitter, um, and that you can't fix them. Like, that's a boundary you have to set. That's, that's a boundary that we all set, is that we were never responsible to fix other people. Um, but you can help carry them. You can help carry them.
1: Yeah. Can I—we've gone over, but you're the last service, so there's no one after We've got you, you till 3 p.m. No, <laughs> uh, no I don't. just want—this is—I'm just seeing this over and over and over again, and, and th- there's a stigma to this. I just want to—real quick talk, and we can be done, or Brian can answer another one. Um, but like, h- how do I, how do I find healing after divorce? Or how do I find healing after broken relationship? Or how do I find healing in these areas? Yeah. Let me just say that like, counseling is a good thing. And you might need to see, and, and there, especially in the church, there can be a stigma like, hey, you just got to pray it out, right? You just got to, if you're still struggling, it's because you have not been spiritual enough. And that is such a lie. Please do not, please do not believe that. Um, that, yes, there is a responsibility for us to seek the Holy Spirit, to seek God, and, and, and put his word into us, and all sorts of things like that. But there's also times for counseling. And there's times where we need to go and allow other people to help us walk a journey, because that's what it is. It's a journey. It's not a light switch that you turn on. Eh, yeah. forgiveness, done, awesome. No, it is a journey, and it can be a long process, but it is a process that if someone is helping you walk that process where you can really, truly find healing. And yeah. So I've just seen that so much. I wanted to hit on that.
0: Yeah, I'm in counseling. Just throwing that out there. So, um, and I've experienced a ton of breakthrough through just real conversations with people that um, their, uh, I don't know if can I say this in the church, their BS meter <laughs> is very good. And um, they're really good at calling out uh, the real stuff in our lives. And so I've needed that in my life, and it's been so healthy, so good yeah. uh, for me. And so, um, yeah, we're kind of out of time, we're but here's time. the deal. Let me just tell you this. Um, you need to be in a group of people that you can talk yeah. through this stuff with. That's right. uh, you just need to. And uh, I know there's a lot of excuses. And ah, what about the kids? And it's a busy li- time of life and whatnot. Um, our heart is that every single one of you would find an ACF group to be a part of. That yeah. you just deal with the awkwardness of showing up to somebody's house or having a conversation. Push through that. Push through it. Let me just tell you, it's worth it. It's so worth it to have people who walk through life with you, who can kind of help you with this stuff, and who you can help them uh, with their stuff. You guys, there's so much life in just being in these smaller circles throughout the week. And so I just want to encourage you to do that. Would you stand up? I'd love to pray for you. And we're going to continue on in worship today. Jesus, thank you so much for the church. And thank you so much, God, that you're at work in our lives and that you want to help us to set healthy boundaries. God, I think in my own heart about all the lines that have been crossed. Um, Things that um, don't honor you and don't honor others. And God, you call us to something so much better. And I just thank you, God, that you do have our best interest at heart. God, that you want to see us healthy, that you want to see our relationships healthy. And God, um, forgive us for not believing you. Forgive us for questioning your goodness and your love for us. God, forgive us for walking it alone and thinking that we can handle this all alone. God, we know we can't. We're not strong enough. We got through the power of your spirit. We got through the, the, the strength of your church. God, we know that we can overcome. And God, so that's our heart today, that we'd be a community that's bound together. Not by some kind of notions of perfection, not by our religious behavior, God, but by our mutual neediness for your grace. And God, as we come together from that spot, we know that you want to heal us. You want to right things that are wrong in our hearts. And God, that you call us to something so much greater. And we really do desire that. We love you, Jesus. We thank you for your church. We pray it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Love you guys. Thanks.